You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. If you are someone who's getting stuck on sentimental clutter, be it yours or somebody else's, then this episode is for you. Today, we're gonna talk all about sentimental clutter, how to perceive it, what to do with it. So go ahead and click the thumbs up button and let's dive right in. We infuse our belongings with emotion. Obviously, they don't have any emotions and they really don't have any meaning aside from the meaning that we give them. I know this is something that you probably know and already understand on some level, but it's one of those things that can kind of fall to the back. And I wanna bring it back up to your awareness that the belongings themselves really have no meaning outside of what you are giving them. It can be a very painful and emotional process going through and letting things go when we've attached this kind of value to them. So this is a really sticky area for a lot of people. And what's really tricky is that it's easy to rationalize this type of clutter. It almost feels like you're doing a kind thing by holding on to something that has a positive emotional value to it, especially if it's something that reminds you of another person or that somebody gave you or that reminds you of a pleasant time in your life. What can happen is that can get out of control and we can start to identify numerous things as being, quote, sentimental, even if they aren't necessarily really falling under that umbrella because that's already easy to rationalize. We've already trained our brain to accept that. So there's nothing inherently wrong, obviously, with holding on to things that are truly sentimental. But it's like I've said before, using the candy bar analysis, right? There's nothing wrong with having a candy bar, maybe even two candy bars, but what about 50 or 100? You know, at some point, that positive thing, that candy bar, turns into self-sabotage. And that's what a lot of people do with their sentimental belongings. Then it becomes a sabotage to their space. So here's the big takeaway that I want you to get from this video. If everything is sentimental, nothing is sentimental, okay? If everything is allotted the same highly precious value, then that really diminishes the things that truly are sentimental, that truly are valuable. You should really be selective about the things that you choose to hold that kind of value inside of your space. And honestly, being selective is a core component of living a clutter-free life. But like I said before, it's really all perceived value. Sentimental belongings are all perceived value. So knowing that and understanding understanding that, you would then have the choice and the ability to make compromises with yourself, mental compromises with yourself. As in, if you have numerous things that you're holding on to because they're sentimental, maybe some of those things could still be held on to without keeping them in physical form. I'm going to share some examples and ideas of what to do with different types of sentimental clutter at the end of this video. So stick around and I'll even show you some examples of the things that I use here. I feel like sometimes for whatever reason, we just like to torture ourselves. Like, you know, we're learning a lesson or we're uh, somehow growing through the pain and holding on to things that just make us feel bad. That could be like a letter from an ex or tokens that remind you of these negative parts of yourself from the past. Um, A lot of times people will hold on to these things that just make them feel 
bad. And it really serves no purpose other than bringing down the overall energy of your space, bringing down your mood and preventing you from moving forward in a positive direction. And honestly, I put guilt-based sentimental clutter under the same category of negative emotional clutter because, and this is something that people do a lot, you know, you'll be given something as a gift, hold on to it out of guilt, even though you don't necessarily like it, but guilt in itself is a negative emotion. So every time you're looking at throwing that thing away, now you're feeling the negative emotion of guilt. And if you keep it, you're feeling the negative emotion of having to look at or take care of this thing every day. And a lot of times these guilt-based emotional items can kind of masquerade as sentimental items, as sentimental clutter, because it could be that it was gifted to you from, you know, a deceased family member or, you know, a hand-me-down or it's something that you've inherited and it feels like it should be an important part of you and your life and you should keep it. But honestly, it's not even really sentimental clutter if you don't feel any sentimentality toward it. If you're just holding on to it because you feel like you're supposed to be sentimental about it and because you feel guilted and obligated into holding on to it because of different family members, then it's kind of faux sentimental clutter. You know, it's masquerading. It's it's pretending to be sentimental, but it's not even that. It's really just negative emotional clutter. Faux sentimental clutter. I like that. So what about things like gifts from your kids? If you have a kid who has like crayons and construction paper and they're like toddler to early elementary age, you're probably getting just stacks and stacks of drawings, <laughs> pieces of art regularly. And it's like, you know, you don't want to just take it and immediately throw it away. So, you know, you're left with this whole dilemma of where the heck am I supposed to put all of this stuff? Now, a lot of it just depends on your unique situation. How old is your kid? What kind of gifts are we talking about? How frequently is this happening? If your child is drawing you a piece of art once every couple of weeks, well, that's not really such a big deal, right? But if it's multiple, multiple, and you're getting them every day, and now you're trying to figure out where to store them, uh, then it can start becoming an issue. But the goal here is that all of these things should not just then be new belongings that you are responsible for, right? So we want to have some kind of a system in place. And again, I'm going to share some examples and ideas of what to do with different types of sentimental clutter at the end of this video. The last thing that I want to touch on is other people's sentimental items. I know this can be a big issue for people's partners who are holding on to a lot of stuff or parents whose kids really have trouble letting things go. So let's talk about that for a second. When it comes to your kids, it's important that you just come to the table with some perspective. If they are in early elementary school, at this age, kids can really start to attach characters and personas to belongings. It's totally normal. It's something that like the imaginative phase, it's something that a lot of kids go through. So it's a lot harder to take some of their belongings away that they've really clung on to during that period. My kids went through it too. I remember my daughter when she was in the first grade, I think she had this purple jacket. It was a purple puffy jacket. And I don't know how long she had had the jacket, but it had turned more brown than purple because she played outside in it all the time. It was like, it got really gross looking. And I tried so hard to convince her to get another jacket. You know, we would go to the store and I would start really talking up some of the other jackets there in the store. Like, oh, this one looks so nice. It's all fancy. Why don't we, you know, try getting this one? Uh, And she wouldn't have any of it. Like this was her jacket. She lived in the thing. And so, you know, eventually I came to the conclusion that it wasn't worth me stressing myself out and me stressing her out when eventually summer's going to come anyway. And it did. And she 
stopped wearing it and then she grew out of it. And for the next year, we got a different jacket, you know, but things like that. There are some things that you just have to come to the table with a little bit of perspective. Your kids aren't always going to be the age they are now. They're not always going to necessarily have the same attachments to the things they do now. And as soon as that grip starts to loosen, then it'll be easier to get rid of some of those things. In the meantime, you can still involve them in the process, still go through some of the things that aren't quite so high ticket for them. And also just decluttering your own spaces makes a huge difference, even aside from other people's things. Now, when it comes to your partner's belongings or your significant other, ah, I know that can be challenging for a lot of people too. And I'm going to do a whole different episode on getting your partner and significant other on board with clutter-free spaces. But when it comes to their own sentimental items, you have to leave it alone. When it's somebody else's sentimental belongings, it's not your responsibility to let it go. So you have to leave it. And I know what I'm talking about because my fiance loves this pillow, not just the pillow, but the pillowcase. And he's probably had this thing for like 20 years and I cannot get him to get another pillow or even change the pillowcase, which in my opinion looks terrible with our bedding. I hide it underneath other pillows, but I would never get rid of his pillow because this, this has value to him. No other pillow is ever going to feel the same underneath his head. You know, there are some things that you just have to compromise and work around. My workaround for this is that I have other pillows that actually match the bed that I put on top of it. So the top two things that you can do with your sentimental items is to integrate them into your decor or to use them. If you can't declutter it for whatever reason, you're not able to just take a picture of it, take a video of it. The best thing that you can do is to integrate it. One way that we've done that here is Matt inherited his granddad's ukulele. I think it's kind of cool decor. So we actually have it set up on one of our chunky rustic shelves above the washer and dryer. So if you can somehow delicately incorporate it into your decor, that's ideal. Then you can appreciate it. You can still enjoy it, occasionally take it down and look at it, but it's not being boxed up and stored away somewhere. It's not being shoved in a closet and it's intentionally placed, not just being crowded with a million other things that you're also deeming as sentimental. And then the other thing that you can do is to use the item. Who says you can't eat on the nice plates? Who says you can't use the nice silverware? Use your granddad's pocket knife. Wear the nice jewelry that you inherited. If you want to keep it, then maybe there's a way that you can either incorporate it into your decor or actually use it. You don't have to just keep these things as icons. You can actually use some of them inside of your daily life and still get to enjoy them and get the value out of them. Now, if you don't have to keep the whole item, if you are able to, like I initially said, to make some compromises, some mental compromises with yourself, then you can find ways to break down the parts and use the parts to make new holes. A while back, I did a widow's retreat. It was a virtual summit. I went on and I spoke to them about decluttering after the death of their partner. The ideas that some of these women had, I thought were just so inspiring. One woman had taken her favorite clothing items from her husband and had created a teddy bear with it. How adorable is that, right? So she had this little teddy bear that reminded her of her deceased husband and she didn't have to keep all of his clothes. You know, she was able just to take little pieces of her favorite items and use them to create something else. I've seen a lot of people take remnants of their mother's dresses, you know, and create a quilt out of it. So you can take pieces and make a new whole that can also, again, then be used or displayed, but you're not having to keep quite so many items. We use a memory box. So each of my girls has one of these 
really large memory boxes. And they've been able to use this since my youngest was in kindergarten and now she's 12. So they've been able to use these for a long time and it still is not overflowed. And this one just has like a cool little magnet top box like that. I got some that were really cute that were going to go with the decor. It just goes on the shelf in their closet. They've also put like pictures of themselves and friends in here. So anyway, it's just a really cool way to keep all of your sentimental memories in one location so that it's not cluttering the whole space. Back in the day, we would take some of their favorite pieces. I would let them choose. It wasn't up to me. It was up to them. And they would put them on the cork board in their room. I don't like having a cluttered fridge. You know, I like for the fridge to be clear. Um, so we would have intentional spaces for them to put their artwork that was still on display. So we had a cork board, we had a whiteboard, and you know, the rules were as long as it fit on the board, then they could put up however much art they wanted. And when they drew new things or they had, you know, new pieces of projects or whatever, that they wanted to hang up there, they would choose, you know, what they wanted to remove. And if the thing that they wanted to remove was good enough or valuable enough to them to go in the memory box, then it would. And if not, then they were okay with throwing it away because it had been enjoyed and displayed. Another thing that I've seen recently that I thought was really cool was a an exchangeable photo frame. So it's like a picture frame with a little door that opens and you can stack like multiple pieces of art inside of this picture frame and just change whichever one's on top that's going to be displayed. And if you're ready to make some changes inside of your home and finally create a holistic clutter-free space, then I highly recommend you check out my free masterclass where I share my holistic clutter-free formula. The link is down in the description.